A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. We welcome you along uh, to the programme, hoping that you had a lovely long weekend, kind of a different and unusual bank holiday weekend, not your typical bank holiday weekend. And I don't know, I think the weather was good, so that certainly uh, helped. And, I, you know, we were chatting at home last night and everyone, we were just saying amongst ourselves that it had been a nice weekend. I think we may be getting used to this isolation and this very chilled out way of life. There's something nice about it. I know it's very difficult for a lot of people and a lot of people are struggling and every Everybody was waiting to see what Leo was going to say on uh, Friday night. And this really, this week is the start now of the unwinding of the lockdown and the reopening of Ireland. And we're expecting the reopening from mid-May. So we do have another two weeks to get through before we can really start to see the reopening. And this really could be the toughest few weeks we still because complacency sets in and I know I was reading a traffic study where they were showing that the amount of cars that were on the road were well up. I think they were up 40 to 50% on what they were on the Easter bank holiday weekend. So there is a bit of complacency. People are getting a bit fed up of staying indoors. And I know for the over 70s, the big one for the over 70s, the people that have been uh, cocooning, they were the ones most waiting to see what Leo Varadkar would say on Friday night. And as was expected, the over 70s can go out for walks and get a little bit of exercise as and from today. And it seems and some of the papers are saying there was a bit of an argument went on between the Cabinet and the National Public Health Emergency Team because it seems Neffet had recommended that the cocooning advice for older people and those in the vulnerable at-risk health groups should remain in place for the next three months. They didn't want any of the restrictions lifted for the over 70s and that's what they had advised the government in the original version of the roadmap that they gave to the cabinet but it was overruled by the cabinet there seemingly there was debate there was I, and I imagine quite a heated debate by cabinet ministers and anyway cabinet ministers decided to remove the recommendations from the government's roadmap of reopening society and uh, business and then it was decided that as and from today the over 70s are allowed to leave leave their homes once a day to to exercise. That's what the latest guidelines are. So what what restrictions, what are changing and what's the big changes as and from today? People are still being advised. This is for the entire country of all age groups. Stay at home, 
uh, except in limited circumstances. Circumstances, you're allowed out to get essential supplies, you're allowed to go for food and medicine and you're allowed to do some uh, exercise. But that is for the wider population. Those over 70s are, can go out to exercise, take some, get some form of fresh air, but they're not to go to the shops, they're not to be going to the banks, to the credit unions. They literally go out, have a bit of exercise and come back in. And also, of course, from today, the big change for everyone is the two kilometre zone. We've been allowed, when we've been going out for our exercise to only go within two kilometres of our home. That, of course, now has been extended to uh, five uh, kilometres under the regulations. It is an offence for a person to leave his or her place of residence unless the person has a reasonable excuse. And we know that there are fines. You can be stopped by and guard the Shia corner and you can even end up in uh, jail. The new guidelines, as and from today, also do not allow for people to exercise with those other than their own households. So you can't ring up a friend and say, even if it's within the two kilometres of your of your house, I'll meet you at the corner and we'll go for a walk together. In the spirit of the restrictions that remain in place, you should only go out and exercise with those in your household. As we mentioned, for the over 70s, they are still being asked to stay at home in all circumstances except for this recommendation today that they can go out, they can leave their house for a small amount of uh, exercise. But the the this whole notion of blanket cocooning, that has really come onto the spotlight because I suppose somebody who's just 70 or people in their 70s, very fit, very healthy, active people are finding it very difficult, finding the cocooning very difficult because there were people who were always out and about. And there's been an argument about should the, should the blanket cocooning have put, been put in place that a very fit, healthy, active person in their 70s can be very different say to somebody in their 90s who may be very frail and you could see the reason why they would need to be a cocooned and I know the Irish Senior Citizens Parliament last week spoke about this blanket cocooning uh, saying that it was wrong purely based on age they said it was difficult and some were actually viewing it as ageist he said they were saying that as a group of people over 70s are law abiding but they are all now starting to question the blanket uh, ban so from today over 70s are allowed to leave their home in limited circumstances. Uh, When they do go out and about, the over 70s are asked to keep at least two kilometres away from, or not two kilometres, keep two metres away from other people. Avoid physical contact with others. Do not touch surfaces with your hands which obviously then what they're trying to say to you is don't go into shops, don't go in anywhere where you could be exposed to the virus. And of course, as soon as you come home, uh, make sure you wash uh, your hand and where possible they should exercise where there are few people out and about. And also important to state that the measures, they are advisory, they're not mandatory, though the impression was given to some elderly people that the restrictions were were mandatory and they're not. It's just advisory and hence the reason that we have seen people over the age of 70 who said to hell with it, I'm not cocooning, I'm going out and about. All we can do is encourage the over 70s to please try to stick to the restrictions because it is for their own good. And then when you look at the road map 
that was announced and I have a copy and it is quite a lengthy document indeed. I've been poring over it over the weekend trying to get as much information so that we can pass on as much information to people as possible. So if you have any particular questions or queries about the different phases that are coming in and what's going to happen under the different phase. Phase one, of course, we know is going to kick on the 18th of May. Phase two is the 8th of June. Phase three is the 29th of June. Phase four will bring us into the middle of July, the 20th. And then the final phase is the 10th of August. And if everything goes according to plan, by the 10th of August, we should be ready to reopen the country and get back to some kind of normality. I don't think we're ever going to get back to life as it was, certainly not until there is a vaccine in place. But the roadmap, and it is detailed, but even within the detail, there there's still some questions and issues that are going to have to be addressed, I think, before the different phases are put in uh, place. From, from May the 18th, that's the, the, will be phase one of the exit uh, plan. That's in two weeks' time. It's envisaged that golf courses, beaches and mountain walks will reopen. However, the advice currently is still to avoid unnecessary journeys and to stay within the five kilometres. And it seems that five kilometres is still going to be in place on the 8th of May. So the question there then will be, when you allow golf courses and beaches and mountain walks to open will it only be for people who live within five kilometres uh, of it and if you were stopped by a member of Vanguard the Shia could you say that a game of golf is an essential trip because essential trips only going out on essential trips will still be there on the 18th of May so I think we need to get some clarification on that and then on phase two that's the one um, June the 8th the over 70s and other vulnerable groups are to be advised that they can go shopping at designated hours and it is also as expected that they're going to be told that they should wear a face covering and gloves but that yet has still to be uh, decided because nobody knows because there's conflicting reports on the wearing of face masks and there's also conflicting, I know certainly at the weekend and and I have a piece, I'll get to it later, on the wearing of gloves. Some are saying that, you know, we shouldn't actually be wearing uh, gloves at all. Anyway, that's from phase two on June the 8th. Also from phase two, it's proposed that up to four people be permitted to visit someone else's household for a short period. Now, when you say a short period, how long? What's what, what steamed short period? Is it just in and out, 10 minutes, quick cup of coffee and you're gone? Could you stay for two hours? When you are inside and visiting somebody's house from June the 8th, do you still have to observe the two metres? You know, could two people sit on a small sofa, for example? Questions like that need to be um, addressed. Then we get to June the 29th. There will be restrictions in place on the number of people travelling to and in major urban areas on weekdays and on weekends. Now, the idea here is that so the city centres can't become uh, crowded, but who's going to police that and who's going to count it and who's going to say there's enough people on that street now so we don't need, you know, we don't any more there? Who's going to monitor the number of people that are travelling on buses and, and trains? Is it possible even to do, to properly monitor it, to make sure that we don't end up with large numbers congregating? Because certainly the across Europe, Spain and Italy and some other countries, they opened up at the weekend. I mean, 
in Spain and I have so much admiration for the people of Spain. They have been locked up for seven weeks. They weren't even allowed out for exercise. So Saturday was the first day that Spaniards were able to throw open their doors and go out and they very much structured how people were allowed to go out for exercise between 6 and 10 in the morning for example the general population was allowed to go out adults were allowed to go out to exercise and then they all had to get in off the streets at 10 o'clock then between 10 and 12 the cocooners and the people over 70 were allowed to go out and exercise at 12 o'clock they went back indoors and then between 12 and 2 children were allowed out and children they even limited the family groups like the children both parents weren't allowed out one parent was allowed to take the children out so they were quite structured in the way that they did it but I did notice some of the scenes early in in the day in the 6am to the 10 o'clock when the general population was allowed out to exercise some areas got very very crowded and I know I saw a Spaniard being interviewed and she said she was nervous about it you know she was so couldn't believe after seven weeks she was finally getting out for her jog but she said when she came out she couldn't get over the number of people at all descended onto the same area so things like that it's difficult to police if you're opening an area how do we still try to maintain the social distancing and is it going to be up to all of us as individuals do we all just need to, to stand back or if we go to an area for example when they decide to open up the beaches if, if we get a nice sunny weekend like we had this weekend and everybody descends on the beach is everybody on top of each other do we all need to if, do we all need to do the social distancing ourselves and then if we go to an area that's already crowded do we just turn around and go home and say no we'll come back on another day and then looking further afield to um, June uh, oh no further afield then to the second last phase or phase three not second last this is the one on June the 29th sorry this is the one on June the July the 20th. Sorry, I have so many dates in front of me. This is when they say team sports such as soccer and GAA will be allowed to return but with limited places um, spectators. So we won't have the All-Ireland final, for example, maybe club games where there wouldn't be as many people around the pitch watching it. But the big problem there, and I saw people discussing this over the weekend because people were thrilled to hear, God, could the GAA get back up and running again and will we get to get to matches? And so many GAA players are continuing to train and that can be difficult. But given, if you think about soccer and if you think about GAA, they are very much contact sports. I mean, physical distancing, you couldn't have physical distancing if you're trying to play a decent game of hurling or a decent game of football. So what would you do to ensure that you don't spread the virus on the field? I mean, they won't be two metres apart. Would the players be asked to wear masks? Would there be testing involved? I think there's going to be a lot of questions will have to be sorted out, particularly around that uh, area and as I say I know lots of people are hopeful and they want matches to get back up and running but we still have an awful lot of questions uh, to be answered uh, and as I say is you can go on gov.ie if you want to get the full the full uh, copy of the road map for reopening of society and business it is available there I almost felt at one stage over the weekend like I was back studying for the leaving search because <laughs> so I was trying to cross reference stuff that was in it uh, as well there's a lot uh, to take in but fingers crossed if everybody abides by the rules we will get back to some kind of normality and sooner rather than later 1850 333 103 your thoughts and comments welcomed 
on the the roadmap for reopening our country? Is it very much welcomed? Is there some aspects of it that you wish was happening faster? Or do you think in some cases we're jumping in and doing it uh, too quick? Your thoughts welcome. Dancing at the crossroads in Laharan, which has been going on now very, very successfully for many, many years and has proven to be a very fun event uh, throughout the summer, as was expected, is not now going ahead for 2020, obviously, uh, because of the COVID-19 restrictions and the voluntary committee behind dancing at the crossroads made the decision over the weekend um, following the latest advisory by the health public by the National Public Health Emergency Team and the government. So dancing at Laharan Cross not going ahead for 2020. Can I give a quick mention to this because and I'll be touching on this later on when I'm talking with Toonsbridge Dairy, who last Saturday opened a shop in Dublin, which I think with everything that's going on with COVID-19, it's, it's fantastic to see a local business actually try to spread its wings and to get, get on with life and to try to continue to create some kind of a business and keep going during this uh, pandemic. Somebody has sent me in a text, Keith Hardy, thank you Keith for this, to say that he is hosting what's called the neighbourhoodfood.ie and it is an online farmer's market. The idea is that you put your order in and then it gets collected and the market collection point is, this is for the Bantry area, is upstairs in Organico Cafe in on the Glengarriff Road in Bantry. Every week the online market will open at 4pm on a Saturday and then it closes at 12pm on Wednesday night. You receive an email to let you know when the market is open and then you get an email on Wednesday afternoon to say, oh, quick, it's going to close soon. You choose from a wide range of local produce, anything from fruit and veg, bread, pastries, cheese, meat, cider and much more. And then you can click your order, you can put your order online, complete the purchase online and then you receive an email on Thursday morning confirming your purchases and then you go and you pick it up on, on I'm, I'm assuming either the Thursday or the Friday. That's terrific because a lot of people are missing the farmer's markets, people who went to the farmer's markets every single week without fail for a particular bread, for a particular cheese um, and people loved the interaction of speaking with the producers but many people have fallen in love with the fantastic products that are on sale at the farmer's market. So that is a great idea. If you want to check that out, www.neighbourhoodfood.ie. And as I say, um, Toons Bridge from McCroom, I think, are involved in that as well. So it's something we may touch on a little bit later on. But uh, thank you for that, uh, Keith. Actually, we might, I might get John Paul onto that. Uh, we might try and do something with Keith and find out a little bit more about that because I'm wondering, are other areas doing that as well? Because all of the people who normally sell at farmers' markets, they're, they still have their produce. Their produce needs to be sold. And they certainly are a few weeks off the farmers' markets actually opening up uh, again. Okay, some of your other texts coming in. Could you ask the HSE, says the texture, to put up online a date and a map showing where the cases of the coronavirus are in more detail around the country and around the county. I'm not looking for names of people. I just want to know, for example, how many people have died or tested positive for the coronavirus in the Mallow area, in the Fomoy area, in the Bantry area, in the Canturk area. If people knew the extent of the problem locally, 
then they may exercise more compliance. Uh, some think that the coronavirus is only an issue that's happening in the cities and of course that is not the case. It is out in the community. It is out in the community but it is. there are much more cases in the urban areas than in the rural areas. But I can tell you now that you will, ne- they will never give that kind of information. I mean, we can ask them. Have they, has it ever been up for consideration? You'll get a general overview. The la- the closest you'll get is how many cases have tested positive in a county. And that's the closest that you'll get. Because even when you think about it, when they're announcing the, the deaths of people, they'll say in the south, they'll say in the east. And we all know when they say in the east, you can be nearly 99% sure that it's somebody in the greater Dublin area because there's been so many tested positive in the greater Dublin area. But they still, when they give that detail and they'll say it's for the confidentiality of the person who's passed away and uh, for their family. So, no, I cannot... I cannot see you getting that uh, information. Michael in Castletown Bear says, Patricia, five kilometre radius is a hell of a long way as the crow uh, flies. Uh, yeah, I think when people are stopped by the Gardaí, I think they do it by the how many kilometres you are away from your house. But, you know, you wonder, could you argue that? Well, if you do it as the crow flies, you could go further outside of your home, even though I think the majority of people are abiding by uh, the rules and the regulations. Uh, morning, Patricia. Just wondering, when are dog groomers allowed to reopen or can they work away and continue doing the work that they're doing with the proper ha- hygiene, hand hygiene and keeping two metres uh, apart? Uh, what do you think? I mean, I'm assuming all dog groomers have closed down as of now, but was that... That was an individual choice because dog groomers work in their own premises in the main I mean you certainly could have a dog groomer visiting a person's home with all the social distancing and all of that I haven't seen dog groomers mentioned I'll try and have a, a dig through all of the material we have and I'll see if I can get back to you back to you on it but if anybody is uh, listening who is a dog groomer who can let us know then let us know so that we can let there's obviously a listener here is trying to find out exactly when dog groomers are uh, going and somebody uh, did I call out the wrong website address for the neighbourhood food neighbourhood neighbour neighbourhood food neighbour food sorry it's neighbourfood.ie my apologies not not neighbourhood neighbourfood.ie is the website that you need to go on if you would like to order from the farmers market and that's that online farmers market in the Bantry area so neighbourfood.ie my apologies uh, there okay and a quick look at uh, some of your whatsapps in hi Patricia hope you had a, a beautiful weekend I did I, you know something I, I had a lovely lovely weekend I think the weather uh, helped though I was wondering will social distancing be ended on the 10th of August when we're told if we go through all of the phases and we get to phase five the country will reopen. The reason I ask is I work in a school and there's very little clarity as to whether children and staff will have to social distance when we return to school in September. Thanking you says uh, Eileen. From what I can gather, social distancing is going to be the new norm and social distancing is going to remain in place until we have a vaccine and until we get to the stage where we can say we no longer have the coronavirus in this country or indeed uh, anywhere in the world will we ever get to that stage. But it's certainly until we have a vaccine, we're going to be very much 
social distance, distancing is, is going to be and the, the hand hygiene, which the hand hygiene isn't a bad habit for all of us uh, to get into, but we'll be certainly washing our hands more than we've, we, well, we are already doing it more than we've ever done before and we will continue to do that. Will we be social distancing? Absolutely. There's no other way around that until we have a vaccine in this country but to social distance. How are schools going to deal with this? There's a lot to be decided between now and September when schools reopen. Again, I'm assuming we'll look to other countries who are ahead of us on this and who've opened up ahead of us. Other countries have introduced, have opened schools and their spaces between desks and all of that. We do know in the main, if children pick up coronavirus, in many cases, they don't even realise they have it and they don't become unwell and many of them don't even have symptoms. But the danger is that that child then passes it on to somebody else, brings it home to another family member, brings, you know, granny comes visiting or whatever. And that's where the danger uh, with children are. So social distancing, I think a lot to be decided, Eileen. I think you've a right to be worried. I think, you know, it's a lot of work is going to happen between now and September. Actually, just on the mention of uh, schools, that one did come as I suppose a bit of a surprise that that hadn't been uh, leaked before Friday. A lot of what was mentioned, we had been speaking about, you know, the over 70s being allowed out for for a walk, the two kilometres going to five kilometres, you know. Uh, a lot of that had been mentioned and been guessed. But the schools one, I think, may have come as a surprise to hear that the schools are not going to reopen until September. And I'm wondering how has that been received by people? Was that welcomed by children, I take it it was welcomed by children. But what about adults? Did adults very much welcome the news that schools are not going to reopen and you've got to continue with your working from your school homeschooling? Because that's been that's been tricky and difficult for some people. Others are taking to it really well, but some are not. Some are finding it very very difficult to get on with the homeschooling. I certainly feel for. People who are trying to homeschool, they have children at home, trying to homeschool and they're also working from home. I think that's a really, really difficult one where you're trying to keep up with your day job and you're trying to keep an eye on the children, trying to keep an eye on what the children are doing. So I, I think people will may find that a little bit hard and maybe that you're glad about the certainty of it all. 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions, email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. 
And by the way, somebody was asking about gardeners and they said that they were talking to a member in Garda Shia last week who told her that the gardeners can go back to work as today, the 5th of May. That, of course, was before Leo Varadkar made his announcement that was been speculated about that gardeners and People working on building sites will go back to work today. But under the road map, it is the 18th of May. So it's two weeks time. People who work outdoors, a phased return for outdoor workers, construction workers, gardeners, including people working on allotments. And I know the people in Valencolic were really looking for their allotment to reopen. That will be allowed from the 18th of May. No social distancing requirements, of course, will continue to uh, to apply. So to the people who were trying to get their grass cut last week and were saying the gardener couldn't come and we were hopefully be able to come today. They're now saying the 18th of May. 1850 Now we had several calls last week from listeners concerned about Mallow General Hospital because such few services are currently available there. Local Labour Dole Deputy Sean Sherlock is also worried and uh, he joins me. Good morning to you Sean. Wrong button press. Good morning to you Sean. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you're, you're welcome to the programme. Now, what's going on at Mallow Hospital is unfortunately to do with COVID-19. Do we know how many have tested positive for the coronavirus at the hospital? Well, the first thing to say is that uh, we, we just want to applaud the efforts of the, the staff right across the whole hospital for the work that they've done uh, throughout this crisis because I think they've done a, a massive job of work. And... The answer to your question is that uh, my understanding is that there were up to 100 staff who were out uh, because of COVID-related issues uh, over the past while, and that resulted then in a significant reduction in the delivery of services. Uh, but, uh, you know, I hope so that That's a all... huge number, Sean. It's a, it's a massive amount, and it reached a point, I think, where you know, key services in the hospital had to be reduced. Now, when you ask the Hilton why that is, they'll use that term, you know, infection control. But it got to a point last week where I was getting quite concerned because I was hearing reports that services had been reduced to such an extent uh, that, I, that, you know, the future of the hospital was coming into question. And I was wondering then whether or not it was part of a strategy on the part of the HSE to completely reduce services. But I think it's important to say that I have received clarification from the HSE because I went directly to the CEO of the HSE, Mr. Reid, and I also spoke to the CEO of the South South West Hospital Group, of which Mallow is part of, and I was given the assurance that it is absolutely not the case that you know, Mallow uh, is is going to close. And the opposite is the case, in fact, where there is now an investment going into the hospital in terms of, uh, you know, upgrading part of the outpatients department. Uh, For any of your listeners who've ever been in there, they will say that it badly needs it and also making changes to some of the wards. And that work is, uh, you know, budget has been allocated for that as well. But I think our our clear uh, focus is on ensuring that Mallow, once as we're coming out of this crisis, begins to go back up to its original activity levels and providing the service, the excellent service that it does provide. And again, I just like I think it's important that we pay tribute to the staff there and recognise the role that they've played in managing this crisis. But but this but region. Sean, I think people will be shocked to hear the the, the numbers. How does a hospital? become so exposed to COVID-19 that 100 members of staff staff would be out? 
Well, I, I have asked that question of the HC, and I think that when we do the analysis afterwards in respect of nursing homes and in respect of uh, acute hospitals like Mallow, I think these questions will will need to be answered for future reference. Uh, I don't have the answer to that question just now. I, I don't know... Have they adequate there. PPE gear? Have they had enough PPE gear? And, and these are all the questions that are on my mind. Were the staff uh, given the necessary PPE? You know, were the correct protocols, uh, you know, adhered to in relation to movement of, of patients, uh, intra-hospital transfers and so on? But I, I don't... At this juncture, I think what we need to ensure is that all of the staff there, you know, are safe and sound and that they are in recovery. And, you know, it's important that we ensure that all of those staff, you know, come back onto the wards, back on into the offices, you know. And, and, back, and, and back to work. How, do we know Do we know how many patients are in the hospital at the moment? Well, it varies uh, depending on which day uh, you're talking to somebody. But I, I, over the last while, I've heard it, that it's down to at least, you know, six. Uh, you know, it has varied between six and eight, depending on which report I've heard. But and what's its capacity? Is, well, the capacity can be over 50 patients, wow. Patricia, you know. so. But the, the, what really makes Mallow tick as a hospital is, is the fact that you can get in there. It's relatively short stay, you know, for a lot of people. But there are a lot of other services, you know, what we call acute medical services through the medical assessment unit, through the endoscopy suite, through outpatients. And, you know, my focus now as, as the local TD will be about ensuring that we get back to those activity levels, that there's a safe a transition for the staff back into the hospital, those who are in, you know, recovery, uh, that the staff that have been redeployed, for instance, to Clannacilty, and fair play to them for going to Clannacilty, that we can try to get them back into Mallow, that we ensure then that the services are restored. Yeah, because bad, badly missed by people. I've just seen, somebody sent in a text, I have an outpatient's appointment in Mallow shortly. Am I safe going? Our listener says. Well, well the, the important thing for Mallow, it, it is that it has pitched itself as a hospital into that very space that that person is talking about. It's an excellent hospital for acute medical needs and for, you know, those types of outpatient, uh, you know, uh, facilities and services. Uh, and it really does get through a massive volume of work. It's an excellent hospital in that sense. And that's why I was worried last week you know, to the point of picking up the phone to Paul Reid uh, of the HSC, the head of the HSC, and said, look, what's going on with Mallow? You know, when are we going to see the resumption of services? Now, we've started, I've started a dialogue with the CEO of the South South West Hospital Group. I'm due to meet that person shortly. Uh, and, and the purpose of that will be to ensure that we are, as public representatives, properly briefed, but that we take the concerns of the staff as well in respect to ensuring the full uh, you know, a restoration of services that we ensure. And that. you didn't get any date from him on when he expects everything to be back up and running at the hospital? No, but to be fair, the offer is there for the meeting and I'm very confident that will take place at the appropriate time. My key concern is about ensuring that services are restored and I've been given that guarantee that they will, but now it's for me to make sure and, you know, that we follow up on that, uh, you know, promise that has been made. But at the same time, keeping in mind you know, the staff, because they are the key to all of this, that we have to ensure that we acknowledge the work that they do. 
such valuable work for our region, but also ensuring that they, they come back on at the appropriate time. Yeah. And it's a brilliant hospital and brilliant service. And sp- people, and I think that's why we ended up getting so many calls last week because people started realising there wasn't, you know, things were getting cancelled and there Indeed. wasn't much services. So, pe- so people were worried. And just on another topic that came up uh, again last week and indeed the previous week, and this is to do with home help hours, which have been suspended for some to allow the home helps to work in nursing homes. And then we were getting calls from people saying that the home helps have been suspended, but they haven't gone on to work in nursing homes. Are you are you across that? I, I, I am, but to be honest, I haven't had queries on it in the last week or so. But up to about a week ago, I, I had many queries and they were in respect of PPE. And my understanding is that the issue of PPE is still an outstanding issue for home helps and home carers. And secondly, I received a clarification that, for instance, where somebody is on contracted hours, so for instance, for the sake of argument, 15 hours a week, if, for instance, that's reduced to 10, my understanding is that there is no obligation to work back those hours because it's through no fault of the home help or the home carer that the hours were reduced in the first instance. And my understanding also is that in certain circumstances, you know, families have made decisions to, to, to reduce the need. But again, there needs to be clarity from the HSE in respect of, uh, you know, those uh, home helps and carers who, you know, still have questions about PPE. I understand, as I say, that the question around the contracted hours, that that has been answered sufficiently for them. But if there are people out there still don't have clarity on that, you know, please contact me because we'll we'll be happy to make any queries for people in that respect, such as that. Uh, And if somebody's home help hours were were suspended and they feel that they need those home help hours, they have a right to appeal that. Uh, Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Now, I haven't, truthfully, I haven't had that many families onto us uh, in respect of uh, home help hours. Okay. Uh, but I have had home helps themselves on in respect of the reduction in their hours. Yeah, yeah, because you people know, are cocooning and don't want anybody calling. I- indeed. Yeah. But if there are families out there who feel that, uh, you know, they're not getting the required number of hours, well, then, you know, we have been dealing with issues of that nature. But to be honest, over the last week or so, I would say that there's a, a very much a tapering off of those types of queries into our office. Okay, and that listener says, you haven't answered my question. I have an outpatient appointment. I'm over 70. Am I okay to go to the hospital? So she's just fearful of going to the hospital. Oh, well, my understanding is that the, the outpatient at the moment is, is, should be reopening. But I can get a clarification uh, on that. But the, the, the key point is that services will be restored. But she should ring, that lady should ring the hospital or the person should ring the hospital and, and seek a clarification on that. And if she, if she can't get a clarification on that, uh, please, you know, feel free to contact okay. us. Okay. You know. All right. We'll, we'll yeah. leave there. And how is, how is lockdown suiting you and how are you coping with it, Sean? Uh, well, I, I'm working from home for the most part and uh, I'm, I'm out and about, you know, where necessary. I think we are, as I understand it, deemed to be essential workers. So I'm continuing to to move out, but very cautiously, if you will. Uh, and we've our office is up and running, so we've literally we're working remotely. Um, 
but we we're maintaining the full services, if you will, and we're we're extremely busy. And it's I, I would say that we're operating almost on I won't say twenty four seven basis, but definitely you know seven days a week now because of the yeah, importance the, of dealing with COVID. And, and it's funny the amount of people that are saying that the the amount of people that have switched from working in the traditional office to working at home, the amount of people say that they're working longer, harder, longer hours and harder than if they were at the office. They are, Patricia, because you're, 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 you're switched on all of yeah. the time. Yeah. And what I'm finding is that, and maybe it's a topic for another show, is that for women and working mothers in particular, that no matter how progressive we like to think we are as a society, and I say this as your you know, a, a, a male with, with, with two children, um, still as progressive as I, and all as I like to think I am, a lot of the burden of childcare and, you know, running a household, there's still a disproportionate amount of it falls to women. So if you have working moms or working mothers at home who don't have access to childcare, you know, you're still trying to manage the childcare and still trying to manage your full-time job. Well said, well said. And, well, and, well said. And, and, and I see a lot of women will be nodding away listening to you. I'm way well, over on time, uh, Sean. Well, it's a topic I think we will come back to, though. But it listen, th- thank yeah. you for that and thanks for joining thank us. You, and stay safe. Thanks a million. That is uh, Deputy, uh, Labour Doll Deputy, uh, Sean Sherlock. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at Mallow Everyone's daily routine has been affected by COVID-19. It can be tricky, but it's more important than ever to look after our general health. Eating well is a huge part of that. It can be hard to know when to eat, what to eat, and how much to eat at the moment. So try to keep to regular times for three meals and two to three snack breaks a day. Setting an alarm on your phone for the first few days to remind you will help. Whatever your circumstances, what's for dinner can be a daily challenge. Planning meals for the week can make this easier and help you make healthier food choices. The food pyramid is always a good guide and make sure to drink plenty of water. Keeping hydrated is so important. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We were talking about Mallow Hospital in the last hour and somebody rang while I was chatting with Sean Sherlock who was an outpatient's appointment and was wondering would it be okay to go to the hospital? Would it be safe to go to the hospital? A bit concerned hearing that so many of the staff had come down and tested positive for the coronavirus. Well, it's just been confirmed that outpatients at Mallow General Hospital is operated by phone. They're conducting everything via phone. So that person who had an outpatient's appointment, you'll get a phone call and you'll be triaged over the phone. That's how you will be dealt with rather than asking you to go to the hospital yourself. John in Mallow had a test for COVID-19 in Porky Cueve on the 13th of April and he's heard nothing back. He hasn't had any result. He's been on to his GP. His GP hasn't heard anything either. He's wondering, is, it the, is this the norm or others in the same position? Well, last week we certainly were hearing from people that were two over two weeks waiting on a result and then we heard from some people who got a result and by the time they got the result to tell them they were either positive or negative they were with they were outside the two weeks that they would have been quarantining anyway and remember last week when we had Mary Lou MacDonald on was she 17 days waiting for her test results again 
she had COVID-19 she had been very unwell she went through it and was out the other end when she got the results to say that she was positive so no you're not on your own there has been delays it's one of the things that the powers that be really need to work on if we are to properly open up our economy and open up this country we need to have almost same day testing and results are at the very least I would say 24 hours is the longest anybody should be waiting but it, that's not unusual John yes we've heard other cases similar keep try ringing them try try see if you can put a call through uh, to them and see if they can give you any idea on when you can expect to get your results but I'm assuming you're gone past the two week mark that even if you were positive you'll be over it and you'll be past the quarantine uh, stage Eileen is, is, is asking us about credit unions do you know if credit union loans have been paused the banks have given mortgage relief to well they've put a pause on uh, mortgages for three months and that's actually been extended out to, to six months I'm paying my daughter's student loan and I'm worried about it what we say particularly with the credit unions because they're all they all run individually contact your local credit union union if you're in difficulty paying back a repayment contact and they're probably of all of the banking institutions the easiest and the kindest to deal with so I would say John if you've got a problem just contact your local credit union I don't know where you're texting or calling from and I mentioned that neighbourfood.ie which is an online service for the farmers markets which I think is a terrific idea and I was talking about it because somebody sent me in a text to say it's operating in Bantry somebody's been on to say they also do it in Donnerail and your food gets delivered to your door even better so then they prompted me to go on to neighbourfood.ie and it literally is showing all the different markets once Google worked out where I was it's giving me all of the farmers markets locally that's involved Donnerail is on it Watergrass Hill Cork City Douglas McCroom Toonsbridge who we're going to be talking with later on in the programme Kinsale East Cork um, Lizavard Drimaleague Bantry that we mentioned Skibbereen Ballydehob Carrigaline it's, it's fantastic it really is great and it's great way for all of us to be able to support the local farmers markets and I know farmers markets have been missed by so many people who use farmers markets on a weekly basis and they're missing the produce so there's your chance to link in with the producers that you've probably been dealing with all along or maybe discover some, some new producers so it's Neighbours let me get it right again because I got it wrong the last time Neighbour Food neighbourfood.ie and it'll give you your local market. I mentioned Donnerell. Let me stay and go to Donnerell where Margaret uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Margaret. Good morning, Patricia. Yeah, you sent in a great uh, email to us with, the, with your rant for Tuesday and, and I think it's a rant that a number of people will identify uh, with. Uh, nosiness during the current yeah. pandemic is getting to you today. Go on. It is. It is. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen uh, posts that begin... On Facebook now, especially to begin with, I was in the shop and I saw. I was in the car and I saw. You know, if you're in the shop and you're doing your shopping, mind your own business. And if you're out in the car, do the same. Because, like, what, why, why do you have to see everything? I went for a walk yesterday. I met no one. I saw loads. I enjoyed it. But I didn't come back and say oh, I wonder what they were doing or what this one is doing or what that one is doing. It doesn't really matter, yeah, you know. Yeah. Unless they're, I mean, unless you see someone like that's, you know, completely out of out of order altogether. Like, but, like, why do we have to comment uh, on every little small detail of other people's lives? Are we that bored? 
And we to. all assume that we know what the other people are doing when exactly. we don't. Nobody knows what's going on in someone else's no, life. No, and I mean, I saw the thing there one, one, one. Oh, well, I heard it there one day in Tottenham, C103, about, um, uh, you know, like the, the home help. Yeah. Uh, and the uniforms. Now, you're going into, uh, like, you're going, the home helps wear a uniform. Yeah. They go from one house to the other, right? They're in a car. They're going from, like, say, A to B. Now, how in the name of God are they going to change their uniform from A to B? And unless you're hugging them or kissing them or whatever, you're not going to get anything off their uniforms. They're going in. They're wearing their gloves. They're wearing their masks. And, like, what, what can they do? Yeah, yeah, and actually I was in a supermarket recently and I saw a home help who was had a little note um, and she had like two little wallets with her. She was very obviously doing shopping, shopping for yeah. two different households. Like you could see her trying to it. sort it out when yes. she got up to the checkout. You know, one was for Johnny and one was for Mary and exactly. she was bagging it off uh, individually. Yes, but, like, but you're right, unless you're going to be on top of the person and that person is crawling yes, with coronavirus. coronavirus. And even if they were, it's back to all of us. Good hand hygiene. The exactly. minute we go home, you wash your hands and all of that. But you see, I see guards. I see local, like the, the community guards especially. I see them inside in... Um, in I don't see them because I haven't been inside in the shop for five weeks. Okay. Um, but you'd see them on, on, like on Facebook or on the television. They're doing shop for all the people. They have their uniform on. Yeah. Does anybody question it? Yeah. No. But is it is it because people are just frightened, Margaret? Well, yes, you can be frightened, but like you can you can also be a, a small bit of kindness and a small bit of tolerance, Patricia. I think goes a long, long way. You know, you don't know. I like I know people that are working on the front line, mm. and I know that I know two, and they're in my own family. They come in the door at night, strip off inside the door, into the shower, close into the into the washing machine. Out, like most of the time, it's into bed. Yeah, you know, go out the following morning with clean clothes on, uh, going to going to work, and and spend maybe twelve hours, you know, inside, and then you have people judging them. Like, and I, I think it's wrong. I think it's, you know, we we I thought I honestly thought that when this started, we would actually come out a small bit kinder, a small bit more tolerant. But you know, as the time goes on, I think we're reverting to, like. Blame the blame game. Whose fault it is? Like where did it start? But yeah, there is. But they, but then on the other side of that, there's wonderful acts of kindness yes, going on, Margaret. I, th- I would like to say by the majority of people. But but well, I tell you, the I I mean I've I've been saying this all along. There is nothing. There isn't a problem that any any person has in the last eight weeks that cannot be solved by one phone call. Yeah. And there will be somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. There will be somebody that they will know that can start your problem. Yeah, you can get you can get your library books delivered. You can learn a musical instrument delivered to your door. You can you can get your shopping done. And because I was the one that sent in about the neighbour food in Donwell. Oh, was like, it? Yeah. The on a Friday evening, I you, you just get this text like the the van comes up. You get this text. You put your bag outside the door. Your shopping is put into it. All fresh produce. You know, and Fantastic. They, they go back. They go back to the van. They like they ring the bell and they they go outside the door. And there's your bag of of um, stuff. You don't have to go anywhere. But I know people like to go shopping. But like there's so much in place now. That it's there for us. It's there to keep us all safe. And they 
the amount of people that are there to do it is unbelievable. Yeah, reach yeah. out, reach out, and so and so many people yeah. are are willing to help. But stop being nosy and <laughs> a little bit of kindness and a little tolerance, <laughs> and it and, does go a long way. And the other thing, I was like, I was watching television. I was watching late, late show on Friday night, and I live on my own with a with a little dog, and Leo came on, and like, in fairness, now I mean I, the, like leave politics aside, we have to have. You know, we have to have some kind of leadership, like, and, you know, you mightn't agree with it, and, like, sometimes I don't agree with it, but he was saying, you know, they were talking about the, and two theories about the, you know, the nursing homes and the tragedies that are emerging from nursing yeah, homes. Like, it is very sad. And now residential homes for yes. people with disabilities. It is awful sad. It is awful, awful yeah. sad. And, and then he said, maybe we have to think for the future, you know, that we go back to small um, you know, like the cottage little... Cottage hospitals. Yeah. And I was like, here, and I'm roaring at the television. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone heard me, did we not all, Did we not have all that in place? Did mm. we not have all that before? The cottage hospitals, the, the small hospitals. Did we not downgrade all those and go for, you know, the, these... Um, the large scale, yeah. And the huge nursing homes with... with Self-isolation in place before you ever went in there. Yeah. You know, the moon rooms. Like, it's time for Bantry, Clannacilty, Mallow, Heatherside, all these to come back and be stars and put the money into them and, you know, let them... And then it keeps people in the in their own community their where, own where they community. want to be as well. Yeah. Let, where they them want shine, to be. let them shine now and let them do... You know, if you go into Mallow Hospital, and I know, like you were saying there about the old patients, the old patients are now being used as the small injuries. Mm. So that's why there's no old patients there now. It's been used for the small injuries. So that if you had, if you have a small injury, you don't have to go into Mallow Hospital. You can go to the old patients, which is away from the hospital. And it's, it's, it's better, uh, you know, that you're not going to, especially with children, you're not going to be dragging them into the hospital, into the main hospital. And... Um, like you go into Mala Hospital, and you will get nobody ever came out of Mala Hospital and said that they didn't get the best of it's great, care. It's a great service. You know, it's a great and service. Clannacilty and Bantry. I mean, they're 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 screaming out to be, you know, to be put, you know, front and centre, and they should be now. Okay. You know, all right. All right. It. Listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that, Margaret. <laughs> a pleasure to bye. talk to you. Thanks for bye. joining us. Bye bye. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Breach said, uh, in response to the listener waiting for since the thirteenth of April for a test result, I waited nineteen days for my results. Says uh, Bridget. So yeah, people waiting a long period. Uh, it's nothing. It's it's the norm, unfortunately. Um, someone else. This is on testing. How are we going to do a three day turnaround? Which is now what they're saying is the best we can achieve, uh, and ten thousand tests a day. When it's taking some nurses in nursing homes a week to get their result, results, and some of them are still working while they're waiting for the. Oh, that's when they went into the nursing homes and, and tested everybody. Yeah, we need to. We really, really do need to work on the turnaround of the testing for sure. This is in praise of the local link bus and this is from Eileen out on Bear Island. Patricia, in this unprecedented times, the local link bus, which is aptly named, is a link to what's going on outside your own four walls. If you link a person to something, you're giving them a sense of being connected. It reduces the feeling of separation. It keeps you in the loop. 
our driver Gemma always has a ready smile, a joke, a reassuring word. She never makes you feel like she's been put upon. In the past, we maybe take this service for granted, but now it's our social connectiveness. And for that, we are truly grateful. Thank you for that. That's Eileen out on Bear Island. And good morning to you, Eileen, and hoping that the cocooning is going well for uh, you. Actually, somebody else was on about buses, a McCroom listener. I was wondering, says this McCroom listener, about all of the provincial bus air and buses. I see the bus pass uh, every almost every hour on the air and they're always empty of passengers says a McCroom listener I think they've reduced it to weekend services but the buses have to keep going they have to still be there for people who need them even if on some cases it seems that there's nobody on the bus and there might only be one or two passengers but they need to keep the service going if for nothing else for the essential workers and as we start to open up the country more and the economy more we will end up seeing more and more peace, people on the buses now social distancing and all that I'm assuming will have to be adhered to any news on what's happening with dentists says a uh, listener can't off the top of my head now say did I see dentists on the list I know that the dental union and the dental associations are starting to saying folks we need to do something because we're going to have people uh, I mean people with having tooth and oral health issues it's, is there that hasn't uh, disappeared so that's something that certainly is going to have to get worked on again social distancing but I suppose it'll be the wearing of masks I'm assuming it'll be a little bit like when they finally get to open up hairdressers and barbers they're in very close contact with people I'm assuming we're all going to be well, you can't with the dentist the dentists themselves can wear a mask when you go to the dentist you can't wear a mask when you're having the treatment uh, done but I'm assuming they'll come they'll, they'll, they can't do social distancing but yes it's something that has to be reopened we'll see if we can get information on any timeline on when it is expected that dentists will be back up and uh, running well done to Simon Coveney says this listener for speaking his mind on the serious threat that the Greens are to farming and rural Ireland. They want to cut the national herd. They're totally against live ex- export of cattle. Also they oppose any legal field sports which are a huge part of rural, of the rural economy and that's from Michael messaging us from Limerick where it does look like the Greens will be going into government along with Fianna Fáil and uh, Fianna Gael. They certainly are a step closer uh, to it and they are back. Is it today they are back in I know I had a piece. It's today I'm sure that they're back having uh, negotiations. The Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, uh, they're committed to reducing carbon emissions on average by 7% over the next decade and that's what's broken the deadlock in the Greens forming a government with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and seeming that breakthrough came over the weekend. The two parties wrote to the Greens committing to develop measures to reduce emissions over the next 10 years and the move clears the way for the leaders of the three parties now to meet today to formally begin talks on the formation of a new a government. Michal Martin, Dear Radgar, Eamon Ryan will meet this morning to decide on the format of the programme for government uh, talks. All three parties will then appoint negotiating teams and the talks will officially begin. Now, that's not to say that it's a done deal because some of it is going to prove very difficult to sell to Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in particular. Those in the rural heartland and rural areas are going to find it very hard to agree to some of the terms and conditions that the Greens will want in order to go into government. So it's going to be a hard balancing act 
between meeting what the Green Party want and obviously not losing out on their tra- the, the traditional votes of the two large parties. So it's kind of watch this space. 1850 lines open. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua Store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions, email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Now, the, it has been reported over the weekend that Sinn Féin has been dealt a severe blow in West Cork by the sudden announcement last week that Councillor Paul Hayes has resigned from the party to find out more. Now, independent Councillor Paul Hayes uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Paul. Morning, Patricia. Um, I suppose there's only one main question. Why? Um, I suppose, look, I mean... Plenty of time to think about things over the last number of weeks, Patricia, I suppose, really, like everybody else. Um, you know, we've a bit more time to spend at home and uh, lots of walks, uh, you know, within the two kilometre radius, um, you know, and, and just thinking and getting the chance to reevaluate um, uh, things at the moment. I suppose for the last year to kind of re- rewind the clock a little bit, um, you know, we've been running and racing an awful lot. We, we were into, this time last year, we were in the thick of the, the local election campaign, Um and then we were kind of into a, a new term with with new councillors uh, in in County Hall. I was fortunate to be re-elected um, last year again. So there was kind of a bedding in period, going through the budget process, all that kind of stuff, which was very busy. Um, and then came the new year, and we were into a general election campaign. So it was just full on, I'd say, for for the last year or so. Uh, so yeah, I suppose look, the virus one of the positive things out of it has been just a chance to kind of draw breath and, and reevaluate things. So, yeah, I kind of sat down. We are going through a few bits and pieces, and I said, look, you know, what, what's, what's, what's the plan for the future here or whatever? And <clears throat> I suppose the fact that not being able to be a full-time public representative, you know, as a TD, um, obviously I, I came up short, unfortunately, in the recent general election, and I didn't get the, uh, the support for a Shannon nomination, unfortunately. So... Now, were, were, were you hugely disappointed that you didn't get a nomination from I, the I party? I was, to be honest with you, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, again, look, it's not all about Paul Hayes or whatever. I, I think that, you know, Cork South West, you know, for the progression of, of, of having a Sinn Féin representative in in this part of the world, it's it's a quite a tough area. Look, it's very, very traditional, either Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, but again, the last couple of elections have tr- kind of, you know, thrown that up in the air with, with the likes of Michael Collins and now Holly, Holly uh, Cairns being elected from the Social Democrats this time around as well. So there's kind of been a chance to, to kind of make a breakthrough and I just felt that, you know, with a bit more support, I suppose, from the party and a bit more resources have been put towards it, that we kind of, we would have had a really good shot at it this time. And did, uh, did you we, feel unsupported by the party? Uh, I did, to, to some degree. I, I just think it was a lost opportunity. Um, 
again, look, I, I think organisationally, and I said this to the party, you know, locally and, and, and nationally, just saying, look, that, you know, I think they should use now this opportunity to try and organise, uh, you know, the, the, the local common structure properly and, and to kind of, you know, there's, there's whatever, four years left towards the next local elections. So I think it is, there's an opportune time now for identifying candidates for, you know, the local elections uh, for the various local areas, um, you know, to do some fundraising so that the resources are there. Uh, because, I, I look, I felt that the last couple of elections, we, we had to fight kind of almost on a on a shoestring budget. And, um, again, I, I, I found, you know, again, personally p- paying a lot of the... Uh, the, the election expenses myself. So look, that I didn't think that was kind of sustainable, you know. Really but was that forward. because the Sinn Féin party, the hierarchy, firmly believed, oh, there's not a Sinn Féin in that area? I mean, I think nobody was more surprised at how well Sinn Féin did than the Sinn Féin party themselves. Yeah, true. I mean, certainly, look, I mean, the, in the general election that just passed, you know, the, 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 the winds of change are certainly blowing in, in favour of the party, like in, like the, the candidates swept the board across the country, like in, um, look, I was only, I think, one of uh, five out of 42 candidates who didn't get elected around the country. It's a, kind of a, it's not a great stat to be proud of, but um, look, I think we, we had a very good showing locally as well, but as I said, I, I think it was a missed opportunity that would, uh, you know, if, if we were given the, the resources and the support, certainly, look, I, I think we, we probably weren't realistically seen as as a priority or as a kind of a, a seat that was winnable. Um, and look, I, I think we'd recognise that ourselves realistically, but uh, I think still... You know, you have to give us a fighting chance. And um, certainly, look, after that, then I said, look, I made a case saying, um, you know, for the Shannon nomination, saying, look, well, you know, it would be a fantastic stepping stone. It would allow me to go full time and not to be kind of juggling work or, or a, a part time job and family stuff. Um, you know, it would it would give me a higher profile as a, as a local senator and let people know in Cork South West, you know, what what I could do as a full time elected representative, you know. And so. their answer? Uh, no, well, clearly. <laughs> but do they uh, give I a reason? The do they give Do they give a reason that they weren't including you? No, no, it was just a case of look, um, you know, some it, it it goes through a party process essentially. Like again, it's a quite a convoluted. Uh, process, you know, you can get, be nominated from outside bodies, which I had received a nomination from, kindly from the a fisheries uh, representative body in, in Castletown Bear, but you can also be represent, or given a nomination um, from the party. But um, again, I, I, I didn't get the backing for either, so that meant that my, my name came came off the ballot. Okay, and when, when you look at the Sinn Féin party, particularly in Cork, I mean, in if you look back to 2014, the Sinn Féin party held 10 seats in the council in 2014. With you now going, that will leave one sitting councillor at County Hall. Yeah, yeah, my colleague, um, uh, Councillor Daniel Toomey. Um, yeah, will Do be, they have, will does, does Sinn Féin need to look at that? I mean, they're, they're losing good people. Well, I think so. Look, as I said, look, I mean, I, I, I've been liaising with the party over the last number of months and I suppose, look, I, I have kind of brought uh you know my my my, my views on uh, to, to their attention i suppose look and i have said look that look yeah certainly look for for the future you know it's grand and as i said like the the the, the polls the opinion polls are very favorable at the moment in the high 20s or the early 30s and again i think mary lou and pierce and Owen O'Brien and we have some fantastic 
um, public representatives that are really striking a chord with people and good policies and all that. Like, but I think unless the foundation blocks are are, are solid, uh, I, I think you know it 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 it'll be short lived. Uh, popularity you know so um, okay. yeah, I, and I when, look, when you contacted the party to say this is it I'm, I'm walking away from the party you're not walking away from politics we'll talk about that in a minute but what did the party say did they do they try to persuade you not to leave the Sinn Féin party uh, yeah certainly look I mean I, I would usually would would be working with kind of colleagues locally here or, or, or kind of in the in the Munster area uh, more so than head office like but no look certainly people were were in touch saying look you know can you hang on or um, you know we, we there's there's a lot of new members after joining and can you can you hang on and we, we'll put a good team around you or whatever like but I just think I think again as I said going back to the local elections last year the general election or the Senate bid I think they were the, the times to to try and get get people around me or whatever to to drive things on like so again I just felt look you know that I'm in probably in a different place now I have to go back and do the the, the council work and juggle a part time job as I said whenever that gets up and running again because of the the whole virus. Um, but you're staying you 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 are very much staying in politics. I will I will indeed yeah look I think. Um, I've had an awful lot of messages on, online and, and messages just to my own phone as well from people just, you know, wishing me to, to stay on and say, look, that, uh, again, a lot of the, the votes, you know, that I may have received, and especially this time last year in the local elections, that, you know, it would have been a personal vote or a kind of a, you know, a, a kind of a response to, to work that I've done in, in previous years on the council, you know. So, again, that kind of you know, helped me to make the decision to, to stay involved. And I, I do think, you know, that I have something to offer. Um, look, obviously, it, it's it's going to be a very, very challenging time in, in the months and the years ahead, um, without a doubt, after this virus. Like, in, And again, as I said, it's not going to be about, you know, the, the, the biggest news of, you know, of the day isn't about Paul Hayes leaving Sinn Féin. Like, there's, there's a whole lot of bigger issues out there. Like, um, you know, the but how has the, new, how has the news been received locally? What kind of a reaction have you been getting? Well, I, I suppose surprise initially, for sure. I think people didn't probably see it coming. But um, no, as I said, people have been very, very supportive. The vast majority are saying, well done. And uh, look, they, they hope to, to see me stand in the future again and, and, and look forward to, to supporting me in, 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 in future elections, if, if that's my decision, you know. But uh, as I said, from my point of view, you know, the work has to continue. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff needs to be done. Um, and that's that's going to be my... My, my priority really uh, is that we have a council meeting in Dunman in the afternoon and, you know, again, we're going to have to be, you know, doing things properly and social distancing and all that. Like, but again, there's, you know, housing projects that need to progress. Like we're, we're worried about the whole, uh, our businesses, you know, we're, we're trying to find a balance between, you know, giving our businesses a, a, a break from rates at the moment. But again, that's going to probably see... The implications like, for the council's yeah, purse. 49 or 50 will you, will, Paul, will you align yourself budget. with um, other independent councillors? Well, I, I haven't made that decision just yet. As I said, I mean, having spent... 25 years or more so in, in, in a party I'm kind of you know I, I, I'm, I'm keen not to jump out of one arrangement and straight into another one okay. um, you know so I, I, I will kind of I think you know as I said paddle my own canoe for the moment anyway and uh, and, and see how things go Look, but again look I suppose there, there is strength in numbers and um, 
you know, you, you may have more clout when it comes to, to, to getting things done in the council. So I may have to, to have to have a look at that and explore okay. maybe later on down, down the line. But okay. for the moment, I, I'm happy to, to do things for myself at the minute, you know. And you certainly have the backing of your family because there's a lovely text in saying Paul has done himself and us, his family, very proud. You have our backing all the way and you'll always be our number one. And that's lots of love from your sister, Marie, which is a really sweet text. Thank you, Marie, for that. Listen, uh, Paul, pleasure as always to talk to you. We will speak again in the future. In the meantime, stay safe and thanks for joining us on the programme. Likewise. Thanks Good morning Patricia. to you. Bye bye. Independent uh, West Cork Councillor Paul Hayes. 1850 333 103. Uh, John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. And I'll have to get this checked. But somebody says, is it true that if there is no government formed by this Friday, we need to have another election as the 90 days will be up? And if after 90 days no government is formed, the law states that you must go for another general election. Oh my God, the thought of it. Cork today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Department of Rural and Community Development has launched a plan called Community Call to support the work of the people who are ensuring that the most vulnerable in our community are kept safe and well. Each local council has established a community response forum to coordinate COVID-19 related community supports. As part of this, each local authority has established a helpline that vulnerable people can phone if they are looking for basic services such as delivery of food or meals or transport for essential trips. If you want to volunteer, you can register with your local volunteer centre or sign up online at www.i-vol.ie Some volunteer roles will be directly related to the COVID-19 outbreak while others may be related to helping community organisations to keep normal services running. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. There's a lot of uh, texts and calls uh, coming in and I promise you we will get through them all so bear with us. I've just spotted one from Jim saying, uh, Hi Patricia, just wondering if the over 70s can drive from today within the five kilometres. Absolutely, the five kilometres can be used for exercise. It can also be used if you want to go for a drive with the social distancing gym. All of that kicks in. Uh, you just, you know, don't meet up with anybody. Don't be stopping to chat to anybody or if you do stop to chat to somebody just make sure you keep two kilometres apart and as soon as you get in the hand hygiene keep washing the hands folks now while most businesses are closed or are struggling to stay open it's great to bring a good news story about a local business Toonsbridge Dairy based in McCroom have just opened a shop on Georgia Street in Dublin of all places and Toby Simmons uh, joins me good morning to you Toby Hi Patricia. Uh, this is a fantastic story. Remind, first of all, remind listeners what you produce at Toonsbridge Dairy. Um, we are cheese making and we particularly make mozzarella. Um, we make buffalo and we work with sheep's milk, but a lot of cow's milk and we do have a pizzeria in Toonsbridge. And then our other business, our original business is in the market in Cork with the, with the Real Olive Company and the sandwich stall. And we do olives and all the Mediterranean foods as well. Now, up to the opening of the shop in Dublin, how had COVID-19 been affecting your business? We went from literally one week, we made three tonnes of cheese, and the following week, we made 300 kilos of cheese. And we were so based, like we don't do the multiples, and we were so based on food service, and particularly, and it just hit us with things. So 
we sort of reeled, and actually things have come back a little bit. There's quite a few, particularly on wood-fired pizzerias, beginning to do takeaway and stuff again. And, Good. But um, we kind of had this conversation with my sister-in-law, um, and she has a shop in, she has two shops in Dublin, and her trade was based on coffees and sandwiches and takeaway, you know, the, the lunch trade and so on, which has completely died for her. So the, the conversation we'd already had before Christmas as well, like, could we do something in that shop? And then it, it took 10 days from, yep, yeah, let's do it, to buying a fridge in Kerry and just turning the shop over with a you know a couple of tradesmen came in and turned it into the shop. And you opened on Saturday? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <A bit of laughs> how, how, how did it go? Uh, great, really great. And um, it just a tiny bit of social media seemed to have gone wild and lots of, lots of people turned up. I think we reckon 15% of our customers... And a McCroom connection, which was quite funny as well. <laughs> and, uh, the locals are great to support their own. They, re- they really yeah, are. Yeah. It's kind of funny, all these McCroom people go, oh, it's like food from home. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with more people being allowed out more and the two kilometres gone to five kilometres, I mean, hopefully there'll be more people passing the shop will realise you're there and pop in. Oh, absolutely. And there, I mean, there was people, a lot of people had... You see, there's a, I think there's a bit of confusion on the two kilometres anyway, because if you're going... Shopping. You, if you're going shopping, it's not two kilometres. You're right, you're right, yeah. And yeah. I, particularly where we live in um, in Chiquila Parish, if you were limited to shopping in two kilometres, you'd starve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, ha- you have to get out and about. You're still, are you still selling online, though? Uh, so th- that's one of the, the huge businesses, the, sort of, the bits of our business. I mean, they took away... The other thing that they, you know... I kind of disagree with it. Is they they the outside food market got closed down, and in a way, you know, when you've got a huge amount of space in a market, I think it's a lot safer than being in a supermarket. But they closed them down. I think there's a lot of talk they're coming back in May. So what's still the gap is a huge online food business, and it's, it's been quite interesting for us. Actually, it's been very successful, but there's been a lot of teething problems. And a lot of issues like the couriers are run off their feet, so we've yeah. had things got lost in transit quite often and stuff. But it is it's potentially a really good business for us as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the couriers are working flat out. And you know, you you're right about the farmers markets, and it's the one thing I think that we've we've had so many complaints from people saying, why do they close the farmers markets? I mean, social distancing absolutely could be done. Absolutely, but what there's a difference between buying hot dog or a burger in a market and hanging around the market mm. or someone like we we would have been very hit but we know loads of other producers who have a flock of sheep that they milk and they make cheese and they sell in a market or people have really specific vegetables they grow and they sell themselves in markets and they would, they're just hammered by this you know and then it was actually it was only when I was doing research for this interview with you that I came across the neighbourhood food.ie and then so that, yeah that's been great that's been a really and, and a real eye opener um, and I, I keep saying neighbourhood food it's neighbourhood.ie yeah. um, but I mean I think when things one day get back to normal I think it, we think there could be a very good sort of parallel business with a market that sells physically and also does click and collect and home delivery and one of the things we just started we kind of identified that the couriers were quite a problem for us is we started doing home delivery in Cork and in Dublin for the same price as the courier. We basically have the same rate 
well basically. And finding we know the stuff gets there, we have a lot less packaging for it to get there. And I think there could be a huge business when all this ends, even people still getting deliveries and buying online from artisans, you know, from, well, from sort of more niche people, shall we say, just not the mainstream. And, and, you know, I'm wondering, Toby, can this, and I'm, I'm assuming it's happening, can this time be used by cheesemakers to, to experiment and maybe, well, you know, develop <laughs> new cheeses, for example? And all the cheesemakers I know are experimenting. Are they? With very long-aged, hard cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I mean, it's, we're not too bad, but it's catastrophic for some of the people. It's really, yeah. really tough, and there's lots of people really affected and I believe even talking to my you know we buy a lot from Europe uh, all over Europe like a lot of non non non-supermarket stuff has just been hammered you know the supermarkets are absolutely cleaning up and a lot of the sort of the other stuff like all the niche a lot of the niche food in Ireland ended up in restaurants or farmers markets and they're gone and and they're gone and and the thing is the cows are still milking they're producing milk the sheep the goats the buffalo yeah exactly Uh, you know you can't turn them off at all yeah and how how are the buffalo doing in the middle of so we had we had um, we just scanned and we are we thought we had an awful lot more in calf this year and it's not looking too good but it might be the best year it could happen that we don't have that much milk, you know. Okay, all right. The way it's gone, so we're kind of, we're licking our wounds, but kind of, you know, it is what it is this year, I think. That's it, that's it, if we can all, and and your fear would be that some of the small producers might not just not be there at the end of it, which would be just a huge, huge uh, loss. And so many people have so much affection for the farmers markets and for the artisan uh, producers that that's why we all need to support it. And one way of doing it is, you know, is to go online to to neighbourfood.ie or if your family in Dublin, (laughs) send them on to George's Street. (laughs) Have you now relocated to Dublin? So I, I got a, a one-month rental of a flat, so I've moved to Rat Mines, but uh, Dublin's not much fun these days. You can't go out on the terrace, really. No, yeah. <laughs> You're not getting up too much, and that's for sure. That's by for the sure. time I get home, I'm kind of fairly wrecked anyway. You know, we're working kind of long days, but, um, but well, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, it's terrific that it's a, it's a good news story. Continued good luck, uh, Toby to everybody involved uh, in Toonsbridge Dairy and and thanks for taking time out to talk to us Bye-bye. Good morning to you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. And if you, actually, if you go on to the neighbourfood.ie markets, Toonsbridge, their shop in McCroom, they have one there, their collection, they do a collection on, on a Saturday as well, but interesting to you, Toby, say that they are doing delivery and somebody from Donwell said that they, well, Margaret told us in Donwell, they do delivery as well. A lot of them, it's collection. You put your order in and they'll give you the time for you to come and collect your produce. Please try to support those people with the markets. Actually, when Toby said, hoping to open up on the 18th, I'm just because I was looking at this at the weekend wondering when would the farmers markets all start to reopen and I initially was thinking would they open on phase two which is the 8th of June which is the opening of small retail outlets and marts where social distancing can be observed but if you look at phase one which is the 18th of May they say open retail 
open retailers who are primarily outdoors and I know they're talking about the garden centres and things like that but I mean farmers markets are not primarily outdoors the majority of them are outdoors so yeah I think probably that's where farmers markets are thinking the 18th of May we'll try and get confirmation on that You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed lot of commentary coming in. Can we try and get to some of the texts that are coming into the programme? And thank you. We do appreciate everybody's uh, texts and uh, WhatsApps and letters. We're still getting letters into the programme uh, as well. Now, uh, hi. Uh, oh, that's somebody looking for the Sky number. I'm going to get John Paul or Sadie to call that person, Max. Somebody's looking for the Sky. It's a, And actually, it's a nurse who works night duty and doesn't always get to hear our programme uh, during the day. And uh, Maggie, keep up the great work uh, that you're doing. Um, Carbon tax. Patricia, do you know that there's an extra 70 euro being put on the fill of oil since last Friday? Now, I'm going to have to check, is it actually 70 euro? What this listener is talking about is the increase in carbon uh, tax. And carbon tax, this was announced in the budget last year. Of course, the budget last year was last October. So when something gets announced and it's not going to happen until the start of May, you have a tendency to forget about it, don't you? But of course, the 1st of May comes along. The tax, the carbon tax went from €6 to €26 per tonne of carbon dioxide. The increase was postponed until last Friday on home heating fuels such as coal, peat, natural gas and home heating oil. And I remember at the time why it was postponed onto them was to get us over the winter months in case we got a very cold uh, winter. But it went on last Friday going from €6 to €26 per tonne of carbon. Now, how much that works out at on a fill of home heating oil, I don't know. I'd have to get that checked. But this listener reckons it could be as high as €70, Euro, which if it is, that's a shocking high amount uh, to pay just on a fill of oil. I'll have to get that checked. But yes, you are right. The carbon tax did increase. And I suppose with everything that's going on with COVID-19 and the current crisis that we're living through, it was one of those things that didn't get, an, get a lot of publicity. I, I saw it, get, I read about it online and I think I heard it in some of the news bulletins but it's, it wasn't something I think that was on a lot of people's uh, radar and because people are not maybe we, for the nice week weather-wise fires are not being lit maybe people are not getting fill of oil that they wouldn't have realised it was only somebody who was suddenly getting a fill of oil would realise it was more expensive than what they thought about and that's because of the uh, carbon tax. Um, Mags is not in favour of the Greens going into government. Mags says the last thing we need in this recovery from a pandemic will be Brexit and then the Greens in government. Wouldn't be happy to see the Greens in government. Hi, when will we be able to go back to see our GP again? Yeah, I don't know. GPs certainly haven't been individually mentioned, whether it's going to be phase five, which is allow everybody to return to work. But don't forget... You can contact your GP and if your GP thinks that he or she needs to see you, then your appointment will be made. And we've been trying to get people to not ignore symptoms, not ignore a lump, a bump, just not feeling well. And unfortunately, a lot of people are. I think a lot of people, for two different reasons, and I know we're due to have Dr. Dr. Nick Flynn my Cork GP on the programme this week and I know the last time I spoke with Nick I raised this issue with him about people not going to the GP and he was saying that you know they've seen it in in all of the GP practices and he said you know one of the reasons is that a lot of people think oh the GPs are too busy I won't be bothering them with my aches and pains 
and another reason people are afraid to ring the GP because they don't want to go to make they don't want to go physically go for fear that they might get uh, COVID-19 so what GPs have been doing really since the start of this uh, crisis is very few people go into the GP practice now for an actual appointment you ring the GP a GP will talk to you over the phone they'll go through any symptoms now if the GP or the, thinks that you need to be seen then an appointment will be made for you to go in but the traditional way of us ringing up and making an appointment to go see the doctor that's actually gone but you, you, if you need to see your doctor then please ring them so I don't, I don't know what that texture means when will we be able to go see the GP again I mean certainly everything is aiming towards everything being reopened by the 10th of August and it it opens up in, in different phases and then we'll wait and see how that phase goes and has there been a spike in COVID-19 if there hasn't we can move on to the next stage but I haven't seen in individual print when will a GP reopen? It was the same when somebody asked about a dentist um, as well. And there's a couple of people on who were 100% agreeing with Margaret from Donnerwell that people are just gone very nosy at the moment and we seem to be noticing what everybody else is doing and we just need to be kind, tolerant and just look after ourselves and not be worrying what everybody else is uh, getting up uh, to. Uh, Patricia, we all agree, the, we, we surely all agree that the virus was brought into this country and we're all suffering from the mis handling handling of the situation turn it any way you like the buck stops uh, here I'm assuming by that you mean we should have locked down the country and locked it down sooner so that we could have contained the spread uh, of it and thank you for the information that was provided by Deputy Sean uh, Sherlock he is a man working for the people says this uh, texter Hi Patricia could you please mention uh, a report that was on Sky News about the Navajo American Indian tribe it seems they're suffering one of the worst confirmed cases per capita of COVID-19 in America. They were the folk who donated money towards relief aid during the Great Famine in 1847. They actually have a GoFundMe page set up. Oh, I must take a look at that. And they were the first to send aid. They didn't even know who the Irish people were it was the Navajo Indians. It was one of the chiefs had come to market, wasn't it, to sell some of their skins. And he got talking to somebody who was over, who had arrived in a coffin ship, obviously, from Ireland and was talking about what was going on in Ireland. So he sold up whatever he brought to market to sell and he bought goods and supplies and he put them on a boat that he knew was returning one of the coffin ships that was returning back to Ireland and it was the first lot of aid that came in officially came into this country and it was from the Navajo American Indians people who had very little themselves little or nothing themselves back in 1847 and they they found out that there was people dying of starvation in a little country called Ireland and that's isn't it in Middleton they've got that gorgeous memorial to that event to what those Native American Indians uh, did. It's a stunning piece. It's done with the feathers. It's absolutely spectacular. So if anybody wants to help out the Navajo American Indian tribe, they have a GoFundMe page maybe our way of saying thank you to them for what they did for us during the Great Famine in 1847. Thank you for, there's no name on whoever sent that text in. Thank you because I hadn't seen that report and wasn't aware of it. Uh, Tom and Clonakilty says, Patricia, Operation Fanuc, has that been stood down now by Angarda Siakona? Well, we were told 
it was operating across last week and certainly was operating right over the bank holiday weekend right up to late yesterday evening. So yes, the actual operation Fanuc of having so many checkpoints around the country. That's not to say that you won't come across a checkpoint because we still are restricted in our movements. The Gardaí can still stop you and ask you where you're going. But the actual operation Fanuc, from what I could gather when we were reporting on it, it was for the bank holiday weekend because you remember we first got to hear about it. They put it in place for the Easter weekend and then they put it in place for the May bank holiday weekend but they opened it earlier it was like, it was Tuesday morning I'm sure Operation Fanuc started because of what had happened at Easter people moved early so they were trying to stop people from moving early on schools hi Patricia I don't mind home schooling but when it was announced that schools would not be opening until September my son became very upset. Why? Well, this is his last year in national school. He's a sixth class pupil and secondary school is a big, big step for children. Our school, we're very good at preparing them for secondary school. Thanking you, says uh, Molly. Ah, Do you know, my heart goes out to you and I think your son isn't the only one who would have been very upset with that news last Friday I mean, for a lot of children, it was, you know, happy days, no more school, yeah, yeah. But I think the sixth class students, they already, you know, write a passage is the confirmation. Many of them have missed out on their confirmation. And that is, Molly is right, that is a huge step from primary school into secondary school. And, and many schools are wonderful at preparing young people and they are missing out on that. And they're also missing out. And again, it's almost like a rite of passage. And it's probably something we all remember. That last day in school in sixth class, because for the majority of children, very few will go from sixth class to first year with every single person in your class. I mean, if it's a, a mixed school, for example, the boys might go one way, the girls might go uh, another way. And, the, you know, most of us would go on into secondary school with children that we went to school with, but you don't, you're not with all of them. So it's the last time that that group that was possibly together since they started school when they were four and a half in junior infants, it's their last day to be together and that's been taken away from them as well. So yeah, I absolutely have a huge sympathy and I know it was something we I discussed in the office with John Paul last week. We're hoping to get on to the National Parents Council about that. About the, We've so much to talk with them now about there's the whole thing about the homeschooling and this is when we thought schools were going to reopen but there is that whole issue of sixth class students and what they are missing out on and I don't know if it would be possible for schools to even open up for a day for the sixth class pupils for them all to be together one last time I don't know if that is possible or if that's something any of the schools are thinking about or would they be allowed uh, to do Uh, we still are aiming for the leaving search on the 29th of July. We still are aiming for the students to go back into, I think, a two-week period. They're going to go back into school, but that's just for the uh, leaving certs. Uh, thank you for your text. But yeah, my, my heart goes out uh, to your son, but he's he's not, unfortunately, the only one. And somebody else is asking, how can social dis- distancing work in an overcrowded school? Listen, so much to be decided between now and September when the children go back into to school and particularly when you think of the very smallies, the junior infants, how are you going to explain that uh, to very small children? It's going to be really, really difficult uh, indeed. 
and I'm sure there was someone else on about schools um, there was morning Patricia children and teenagers missing school and off until September will survive and they will catch up again it's the leaving cert students as this texture that I feel so sorry for the uncertainty for them it's causing them stress and anxiety if exams go ahead on the 29th of July they will not be able to work for the summer and this is the time they need to work to build up a little bit of finance for college yeah how right you are and they will be caught in that situation that they won't be able to work there'll be very little time left uh, for work so yeah uh, you are right 1850 just a quick look through some more of your whatsapps uh, coming in morning all would whoever is dumping and has dumped a wash hand basin empty paint buckets and building slabs on the Nooses Town Road would you please stop it it was dumped on Sunday night also six tyres were dumped in corkscrew it's not on who do you think you are who are you expecting is going to have to clean up this mess please put this out on the airwaves Patricia thanking you considering they consider other people will have to clean up after you. It is 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 a disgrace, and we are seeing a lot, lot more dumping. I saw Dublin City Council actually at the weekend came up very strong, saying they're going to have to do something. The amount of fly tipping that's going on, and I have, and I, I can't in any way defend somebody dumping those kind of items. A wash hand basin, empty paint buckets, and building slabs. Shocking, absolutely shocking. But I do have a theory, and it still wouldn't cause me to dump. The civic community sites, the fact that the civic community sites aren't open to take waste like that was because of the COVID-19, they're only taking domestic waste. Now, I have items that absolutely have to go to the civic community site, but I'm waiting for them to open. But I'm lucky I have a shed and, and a bit of space in the garden that I can leave the items in. You would be fearful that some people in the rush to get work done will just say, actually, we'll just dump it and we'll, you know, we'll dump it there. Somebody else will clean up um, after us and that's exactly what's happening and that's shameful but yeah uh, I'm glad to give it a shout out in the hope that we might shame the person who has done it I can't see them going back and picking up the wash hand basin but maybe by shaming them it might stop them from adding any more to that pile of rubbish Hi Patricia any time frame yet on on for limited visiting of hospitals I didn't in anywhere see anything about lifting the restrictions I mean I know the final phase is the further easing of restrictions on high-risk retail services like your bigger department stores, etc. But I didn't anywhere. And I think as long as we've got the virus in our midst and until we have a vaccine, I can't see us getting back to the old days of popping in to see a loved one inside in a hospital. So no, I would say not certainly for the uh, foreseeable future. And a West Cork listener says, funny thought, Patricia, I've got small kids. One of them goes to GAA, another goes to Beavers, swimming in the local athletics club. Obviously, all of them suspended due to COVID-19 restriction. A thought crossed my mind. Is this what it would be like if all of these societies and organisations had to close because of the insurance and the high cost of insurance and our claims culture. Whoa, that was a bit of a rude awakening. It would, yeah. And children are, some children are getting very bored and they're missing out on the social interaction. And could you imagine if you took all of those wonderful, wonderful organisations away? Uh, Thank you for that. And a text that absolutely nearly broke my heart says, when can we hug our grandchildren? 
hopefully soon. I have one and I can't wait to hug her. What month do you think it'll be when we can hug her grandchildren? Oh, bless your heart. Uh, again, I can't give you... They're, they're allowing social gatherings in phase three. And phase three starts on the 29th of June. And allowing small social gatherings, I'm assuming, will be amongst families. They're also in the earlier phase of phase two on the 8th of June, allowing visits to households. But I'm thinking social distancing is to to go on. I don't know. We're going to have to get more detail closer to the time. Will that, when they say allow visits to households, Will that mean allow visits to households that have people cocooning? Or will it for people who are not cocooning? Only time will tell. But my heart goes out to you and you're not alone. There are many, many nanas and granddads and grannies and grandmas who just can't wait to give their little ones the biggest, biggest squeeze in the world. Thank you for your text. Hi Patricia, would you say hello please to Bridget O'Keefe in Ballangarry in County Limerick. She's originally a Cork woman from the wonderful town of Mill Street. I met, I met her at Knockfirna when walking with my little boy yesterday. She was so friendly and kind. It was lovely to chat to another adult in person. By the way, at a safe distance, we kept our two metres, especially when all my family are in West Cork. The kindness of strangers never, ever ceases to amaze me and that's from Sharon in Croom and that's what I like to think while we were talking earlier with Margaret about people being nosy and everybody wanting to know what everybody else is getting up to I think in the main in the main I think you know we're good decent people and I think kindness is has really come to the surface during all of this COVID-19 pandemic and I'm just hoping that when we come out of it uh, we will be living in a kinder, more compassionate world. Court Today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie The Chihuahua Store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story, and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions. Email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Now, here is an example of a good deed that hasn't gone unnoticed. Neville on the College Road uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Neville. Hi Patricia, how are you? I'm, I'm very good. Now you had a nice surprise from your neighbours I'm assuming, is it? I did. I'm, um, to be honest with you, I'm living there on Connacht Avenue. It's parked in, in behind College Road. Okay. If you're familiar with it. And, I am, um, yeah. The last few months, but particularly I suppose the last few weeks since we've been in lockdown, I've just been okay radius to get my steps in and I brought a bag and I bring a litter picker stick with me so I don't have to be touching the rubbish for safety and um, I just started picking up the rubbish and 
my neighbours uh, were very kind and they dropped in an, a lovely letter which I put up on my Instagram and a box of chocolates and a nice donation for uh, for bags and litter sticks for me to buy. <laughs> really, that's such a kind thing. I mean, so obviously others were noticing what you were doing. Yeah, like there's, like the park here, there's uh, families use it and like there's one woman in particular, she's got a, she got a, a child and another baby on the way and she's out there every day and she was just delighted that she had a safe place for her children to go because sometimes, you know, the park can get a bit dirty because unfortunately with the way it is, it can uh, attract sometimes, you know, underage drinkers or whatever. And yeah. I just thought, you know, why not put these, pick up these cans and put them in a bag and have the place nice for everyone, you know. And are you picking up a lot of litter? Uh, a bit, like, you know, yeah. but like, um, I'm very lucky in my job that I kind of work from home and thankfully I'm still working, so Great. I kind of just, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I had to do steps anyway because yeah. I just get out for a bit of exercise and I said, well, why not make it work my while when I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> well done, well done. It's yeah. ju- it's, and are you disposing of the rubbish yourself? Well, what I do is, like, there's two bins in the park, like, it's, it's unbelievable really when you think there's rubbish because you think they just put it into the bin, but... When I pick it up, I just tie the bag in a knot and put it beside the bin and the council know it's me and they take it away. But Oh, yeah, OK. Like, but to be honest with you, Patricia, like, I think, and not to go too much into it, but I think the the government needs to change the law a, a bit. Like, I just heard you there before, beforehand going on about illegal dumping. I think, like, like I'm very lucky I've done a bit of travelling and in that countries, they pay for it to recycle. So, like, I think, like, if you're going to buy six cans in the shop or whatever, I think there should be a fifth yard. And every time you recycle them, you get the money back. You know, yeah, I think you have yeah. to change the law, you know. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to do something for sure. For sure, we really will. OK, so well done to, to the neighbours anyway who, who just spotted what you were doing and it's just a good deed. It doesn't go unnoticed. So and well done to you. Well done, well done. Thanks, Listen, Neville, thanks for that. And uh, sure. thanks, thanks for joining us. 1850-333-103. Somebody is saying, when will we be able to go back to Mass again? The churches certainly are mentioned... Um, I don't know if it's the second, is it the third or the fourth phase is the opening up of uh, churches. I'll get John Paul to check that and, and get back to me and um, we'll let you know. But they, they are they absolutely are on the list. Uh, can I just quickly go to some of your emails in? We have a fill a bus for penny dinners appeal. This is running, and we would appreciate you mentioning on your programme, please. It's happening next Saturday between 12 and 1pm in Newmarket and Canturk between 12, 1.30 and 2.30. Uh, and many thanks to Boss Aaron for providing us with the bus, local shops for getting on board the appeal and helping with the collection. So that's happening in Canturk. If you want to help out and if you want to donate to the fantastic work of Cork Penny Dinners, who by all accounts are busier than ever. I know we've been trying to get Katrina Toomey onto the programme and literally the woman is just so busy. They are working flat out so anything that we can do to help and people that have never come to Penny Dinners before unfortunately are ending up at the doors of Penny Dinners looking for a little bit of uh, uh, help. Uh, Frank wants to know why are the council filling potholes? Is that essential work? They are, are As they are outdoor staff, I'm a builder and I can't go back to work. Uh, would you highlight it please, says uh, Frank White. Well, if you, and if you are working on this programme, Frank, and the number of calls that you get in from people complaining 
complaining about potholes, you will know that any of those potholes that were filled in were essential for the people who need to travel on those roads. So I don't think many people, I've, I've yet to heard somebody complaining because the council were out filling in a pothole. And something, and thank you to people who've, t- who've messaged in about this and Fiona, our senior news reporter, is is working on it and we'll have it on our news at one o'clock. This is to do with the Spanish-owned fishing vessel which landed in Castletown Bear 13 days ago and it's been quarantined in a Spanish port since Friday after eight crew members have tested positive for coronavirus. Dear God. Micah says, Patricia, this is truly shocking and the government should immediately temporarily close all fishing ports to all foreign travellers until COVID-19 is over. There is not much point in us trying to stay safe if we allow foreign vessels enter our ports. We're disadvantaged enough in this peninsula without further pain. 1850 Our lines are open. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Fon Sawalcha. Let's see 103. Tha COVID nidig an shut in Erin agus kamwits fanach sa walia kun wits fein agus akela akusins. Machan du dolamach kun bia no kugasa all. Fan ga vader erilai the ogrina ella. Bigi olive la lista shupadorachta agus na bilig brazal. Matatu dolamon akliachta tevam we fan of oskilt ga kilometer den balia. Big ni the lav nis minica le galinach agasishke. Nabiag lagan laver de Aidan agas mata kasach no sneefer dagat, dene ida ilan. Mata tu oskan shachto fan Somali an tamer fad. Kamala dene a well rochlaish e dull do if la fada. Come with the lig e fanak Somalia agas bean se dacker lena pashti. Ach nadin darmic gulag galorwodi spreel le den of. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tairash Krigna Bunrodi, Kasula Alina, Cardiacht, Agasmirna Mari, Fon Savolte, Fon Somalia. Lahai Tilla Olish, Fon Lin, Air C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103.
Uh, my apologies. Um, somebody earlier on said, uh, when did, we, did when do we expect that we'd be allowed limited visiting in hospitals? And I was thinking, goodness me, while COVID-19 is here, surely we'll never be back to the old tradition of visiting of hospitals until it's gone or we have a vaccine. And I was incorrect because it says that this is in phase three, which is from the 29th of June. There will be phased visiting will begin in hospitals, residential centres and in prisons. Uh, Consideration will be given to the availability of personal protective equipment, the PPE and other protections as well. So if you, the 29th of June, if you have a loved one in a nursing home or in any kind of residential setting, the disability sector, which God help them keep them in our thoughts and prayers, they seem to be, we had it first with the nursing homes, the amount of cases in the nursing homes, it seems to be the residential units, units now. So it's phase three on the 29th of June to that listener who wanted to know when they could visit somebody in hospital or in a nursing home and someone says when will the hairdressers open? Hairdressers is (laughs) July the 20th It's a long time away and as somebody pointed out to me July the 20th is a Monday most hairdressers close on a Monday whether they'll open on that Monday or not I don't know Joe Heffernan joins me Um, Good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon Patricia Can you hold out on July 20th for your hair? The hair now would be the least of my worries, but other things, um, uh, yeah, I was waiting very um, optimistically to hear what would come in the recent um, roadmap. Yeah. And um, ah, I was disappointed. Were you? I was. I was. I thought that the over-70s uh, would get... Um, um, a little bit of sensible time to do a little bit of shopping. Um, now, apparently, we're <laughs> we're very lucky because apparently the um, the national um, uh, Nefer, public health advisory yeah. team, the NFAT, um they were suggesting that cocooning would continue until August. Now, whatever about cocooning, we definitely would be cuckoo um, by August. That would be a certainty. Um, There's more to this thing, really, than just uh, physical bodies and a virus. There there is also mental health, and there are mental health implications. For example, if that one had been carried through, now, thank God the, uh, the Cabinet objected to that. And, you know, you see... The over-70s really, generally speaking, have a bit of common sense from their experience of living for over 70 years. And also, um, the over-70s would have a very healthy sense of self-preservation. You know, we don't do much bungee jumping. Um, We don't climb Mount Everest. Well, not every week anyway. And, um, you know, we're a fairly common sense kind of a crowd. Um, now, it's also been proven that um, four items, we'll say, social distancing, hand hygiene, testing with timely results yeah. are the proven best defence against this virus. It's not all about lockdown. Now, I'm not talking about a free-for-all at all, but I'm talking about a little bit of common sense. Like, for example, um, uh Older people, those cocooning, um, you know, uh, they, 
whether they're allowed or not, they're not attending hospitals. Yeah. Um, Dr. Houlihan said the others when he attended St. James's A&E that was just about empty and he was urging people to go and look after their health in the non-COVID uh, health areas. But um, the the fact that this um, uh, cocooning, um, I mean, I, I'm picking on that area because it's the area that... Um, would affect um, myself, um, you know. Um, I was hoping that um, when it came to the roadmap, that at given selected times in supermarkets, that older folk, the over 70s, could do their shopping on, for example, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at a certain time, something like, um, I don't know, 9 o'clock until half 10, Um and observing all the social distancing, the hand hygiene, you know, we're quite clever, us over 70s. We're not idiots, and we won't be uh, risking our lives without doing all the HSE recommended um, uh, suggestions and rules and regs. Now, as far as the gloves and masks, fair enough, no problem. The only thing about that is that for every expert that you'll get on the telly and etc. So there, there's a new one out today saying there. I read a new one earlier saying the gloves don't be using the gloves yeah. you're actually putting yourself at, at more risk. I yeah. do think we'll all go down the route of everybody wearing the masks I think they're holding back on the masks because yeah. we don't have enough and yeah. again the wearing of the mask is I wear a mask to protect you and you wear a mask to protect Absolutely. me. That's, that's what that, that, so that's, if that's the two of us are wearing masks we yeah. can transmit the virus to the other person. And like the golf they're talking about uh, opening up golf and tennis etc. The golfing in particular for over 70s you're good self you're, you're a great little golfer. Like there's it would be a shame if the over 70s weren't allowed when the golf clubs reopen to go and have a game of golf. You couldn't be better socially distanced from people. Absolutely. And the way I hit a golf ball left and right, um, <laughs> I'd be nowhere near um, other human <laughs> beings on the course, unfortunately. Um, when it isn't a slice, it is a hook. But anyway. But in in the meantime, this this is what is thrust upon us. Uh, and we we have to get on with it, unfortunately. And I know they'll say it's all been done to look after the over 70s and we want to keep everybody safe. But but people in that bracket, um, Joe, need to keep in contact. Absolutely. And I mean, we're not idiots. I mean, we know the dangers and um, there would be no people more careful to make sure that they were keeping themselves safe. And, um, you know, um, we're 70, not seven. Um, And I'm not saying some kind of free-for-all. I really am not. But I was so disappointed um, the other day. Um, I mean, for example, when all the cocooning, we followed, I followed the rules perfectly. But I was waiting for a little break. Now, the thing is that if I, with the cocooning, if I went for a walk up our road, Mm. the nearest other human being would be more likely 200 plus metres away rather than two metres. I mean, in in rural Ireland, um, you know, it is rarely on a a walk that you would meet anybody. Um, And none of that seemed... Now, I know that it would be difficult to say that there's one rule for O'Connell Street, Dublin, and Patrick Street, Cork, and another rule for rural Ireland. But... um, 
so th- that would be a difficulty. But the little bit of shopping would have been a big deal. It would have been well, wonderful. Now, it, it, is, that, it, is going to, it is going to come on phase two, but that's the 8th of June. It's the 8th of June. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know. Now but then someone pledged. else is pointing out saying, you know, sorry now, uh, Joe, and well done to you that you have abided by the rules and regulations. But not everybody has. This person says, I'm constantly seeing those over 70 and over 80 up and down the town. I don't know what, what town they're, they're living in. And there's not everyone is ab- abiding by it. How, how, what do you say to those people who haven't stuck to it? Well, I mean, look, the past is the past, but what I'm talking about is the new roadmap and that a little bit of give for the over 70s to do a little bit of extremely safe shopping, yeah. I don't think would have risked the health of the nation or the over 70s. Now, I mean, we've been blessed, our own post lady here, Nora Breen, there's nothing too much for her. She is... Um, or, um, above and beyond the call of duty. For And another thing, like we had a recent water problem and uh, that was completely sorted by the Eddie Bradley there, the water curator. Now, he works at all hours in all weathers. These are the people like that we have depended on. But um, the little bit of shopping under extremely rigid, safe conditions I don't think would have risked the health of the nation uh, at all, you know. Well, you're, there's a lot of people agreeing with you, including Sheila, who is aged 74. Well said, Joe Heffernan. We over 70s are a sensible and a wise group. Keeping us locked up is cruelty. We're a far less threat to ourselves and others than most other groups. We are a soft touch. We'll be made an example of. I, we feel, I feel we are being imprisoned and our mental health will suffer hugely. And that's really where you're coming at with this one, uh, Joe. Mental health. Yeah. I mean, if I had been told, um, uh, as the um, NFAT uh, had suggested, if I had been told um, the other day with the roadmap, the, the Friday, if I had been told that the cocooning was to go on, as the NFAT suggested, until August, to tell you the truth, like I would have been very, very down. Mm. I would really have been down because... I mean, that's not realistic. Um, there's more health than just uh, purely um, physical health. Um, mental health is so important. And this kind of um, uh, trauma that we're all going through, especially the frontline workers, um, that will stay with us uh, after this virus is gone. And it would be, you know, um, uh, a little bit of... Uh, more, um, uh, less confusion about the rules one day being different to the rules the next day and the 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 little bit of giving the over 70s um, credit for having a little bit of sense um, and, and that they're not going to go risking uh, life and limb but that, that they would be given just a little bit of a break um, would be highly, highly recommended. I mean, I think it's in phase two, um, or is it phase one? It's phase one, I think, um, that car parks, beaches, mountain walks, etc., will 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 open. Now, to my way of thinking, when you think about the beaches, etc., that probably represents um, uh, at least as much of a risk as 
I know of her 70 going in to do a the bit supermarket. Of sh- to do a bit of shopping. Uh, yeah. Mallow listener says, as always, Joe, a mindful of knowledge and common sense. He should be on the health steering, steering group. Thank you, Joe. Somebody else says, well done, Joe Heffern, and thank you for talking up for us over the age of 70. They are treating us like children. And Anne says, uh, tell Joe what the, a lot of over 70s really miss is the bingo. And like that's one and a great social outlet for people over the age of 70. Well, no, I won't comment on that because, I mean, um, I suppose the bee in my bonnet is the bit of shopping. And I know now that I'm being very uh, focused and tunnel vision with that. But to me, that was a biggie. Um, As I say, we're we're totally blessed. We've had no problem whatsoever if we only wanted a packet of sweets in this afternoon this, the pack of the sweets would arrive. No question about it. Um, but it's just that it would have given us that little bit of a lift that I think we need because um, there's no question about it. I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience. Um, it is um, it, it is very challenging what, what's going on w- with us. Um, no, no doubt about that. And... Um, uh, and and I think the powers that be, um, maybe now there are some. There were some very sensible suggestions made, um, and uh, thank God that they were. I mean, if the one about cocooning until August went ahead, and there'd, there'd, <laughs> well, have, been, there'd if, have been a revolution. Even if we were protected from COVID nineteen, <laughs> there would have been a revolution. <laughs> That's where I leave you for today. Uh, thanks to John Paul and Sadie. And Nick's with you next. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Hello, this is Eric Griffin. Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems. And then... Hello, this is Declan Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here, and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish from 8, right here on C103. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103.